Can't you not though? I had that nice, nice, like nicely placed for our, for our shot, and you opened it. Yeah, let's put this back. <laughs> Wait, oh, you want the, you want the name? You just want the art. Beer. Beer. <laughs> I'm drinking this. <laughs> Welcome back, Beer Leavers, the Don't Stop Beer Leaving podcast. I'm Chris. That is Michael. Thanks for joining us today on episode eight of Ooh. the podcast. Can you believe it? No, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this. Oh, man. <laughs> it's but, good to have everyone here. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael, did you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, really excited for today. I, um, I, I actually wrote this one on this episode on the fly because I had something else planned, but then I actually had the, or we had mm -hmm. the awesome opportunity to meet Andrew Ray of the um, uh, the YouTube series Binging with Babish. We did, we and, did. And so he actually inspired this episode and the next one. Um, so I'm actually really excited to write that one too. Um, but if you guys don't know the channel, Binging with Babish, it's about um, exploring the recipes in in and dishes of videos, uh, of, of movie shows, TV shows, and either recreating them, you know, point by point or improving upon them especially mm -hmm. if they're like really weird or really bad mm -hmm. um and he's a fantastic guy down to earth guy from rochester new york um and i don't know what, what were your thoughts on on him i mean he's a phenomenal guy um mm -hmm. if you haven't seen his channel like michael said go check it out and give him a subscription because mm -hmm. it's one of our favorite cooking channels oh, yeah. on youtube and has really just blown up in popularity mm -hmm. in the last like three or four years um but he's it was so nice. I mean, there were lines like crazy. He might he to, probably met a couple thousand night, people that night. Oh um, yeah, it was so. insane. They For had, his um his second cookbook now. Mm -hmm, correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he so did. We a got a copy of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Got it signed. Got to chat with him for a few minutes and you know pick his brain about you know what he's been doing on YouTube and mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty cool to see. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we can talk a bit today about how cooking and beer kind of mesh together and the similarities between. I guess the two art forms of, you know, of cooking and then brewing, but then also mm -hmm. more specifically, how can one cook with beer? What are the, you know, uh, the, the best ways you can incorporate beer into the cooking process? And just mm -hmm. people that both love to cook ourselves. I think this was a cool topic for us to kind of, to kind of bring up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think first, as we always do, we're going to talk about last week's challenge, which we Ooh. hope you went out and completed. Did you find a Valentine's beer? Michael, did you find a Valentine's beer? I actually found a few. A few? Um, yes. So I stopped by a spot in Baltimore City. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know me, I despise going into cities in general. I'm just not a city person. I don't understand why there's so many people. So driving <laughs> driving, <laughs> so driving into the city is just daunting for me. But uh, I actually needed to go there because they had a, both. Uh, uh, had a two-beer release. Actually, I think they had four beers releasing that day. Mm. Um, and also, I needed something for my Super Bowl party. So I went over to Oliver Brewing Company in Baltimore City. And it was my first time. Really cool spot over there. Uh, it's just this giant warehouse. Um, pretty pretty cool system over there. And they have a like an R&D system. Just like a, it looks like, I want to say like a 15. No, probably more than that. Probably like a double mine. So like a 30-gallon 
um, test batch system over there. No, no, it was it was it was definitely just one a one barrel test system, and it, it was so cool to like see that system over there. I, I can, hopefully one day I can invest enough money to to get one of those. That's a lot of fun. Um, but the beers were all about like having um, some kind of you know Valentine's Day love mm-hmm. theme. And what does that mean? And I and I want to know your thoughts about that. When I asked you guys last week, uh, you know, get a Valentine's Day beer. Does that just mean okay, get something with you know cherries or strawberries, or get something that's red, or get something that's really deep and dark like chocolate? You know, and really, it's up to you. Oh, I didn't inter- think about that before. I was thinking all the red and kind of like the you know the love and sensual kind mm-hmm. of like no oh, okay <laughs> characteristics the uh, intimate things. the intimate things about <laughs> beer. No, but I didn't think about chocolate. There's yeah. probably a you know, chocolate milk stout or something like that mm-hmm. could probably be a Valentine's Day beer. Yeah, yeah. So actually, Manor Hill, uh, where I work, developed um, a couple Valentine's Day beers. One of them being a uh, what's called two stu- two spoons, please, which is a mm-hmm. uh, an imperial uh, stout, uh, fantastic beer. So I just had it for my for my first time yesterday when I was on shift. So oh, there you yeah. go on or, shift or, or Saturday <laughs> on shift. Uh, yeah, you have to make sure you know what you're selling. Right? I so. guess that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about what what you have here. What yeah. did you actually bring so, back? So this is uh, this is what's it called fruits of our labor, uh, the cherry blossom. Uh, it's a cherry wheat ale. Um, it. To me, it has like a nice little mildly puckering sourness to it. And that's not actually a sour beer. It's just because, a, I don't know to you, but cherry to me is always going to be a little bit like the acidity and like um, like that bite of cherry is always going to be like puckering to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's certainly an aspect of that mm-hmm. to but a that, cherry. That comes there. But then it's immediately just like flattened by, I want to say like a vanilla, um, just like coating of the mouth. So, that, mm-hmm. so that's like kind of protecting you against that. That um, uh, astringency, but yeah. no, it's a fantastic beer. Um, the color is beautiful. I mean, look at that. That is so nice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely just a crushable beer. If you're really into wheat ales, I think you'd like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely just head out there uh, in general because it, it's got uh, a pretty extensive tap list, and the uh, the the beer tenders there are pretty knowledgeable too. So I, I actually ended up with, I think four other beers there. I got over a case of beer for the party. Um, so, <laughs> I, d- I totally did something wrong here. I was geeking out over the beer so much, and I forgot that I was bringing it back for the Super Bowl party. Yeah. That I was bringing back beer that you don't want to drink during a Super Bowl. Like, I brought back a barley wine, which which was, like, sitting at, like, 11%. Oh, my gosh. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, imagine, like, you know. Just, First quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, that one was the last one to be drank, yeah. um, obviously. Um, but I brought back some other things. They also had, um, they have a more recurring beer called... Uh, Tell tell your Citra cashmere outside cashmere hops. They use oh my cashmere gosh. hops. I know they use <laughs> cashmere and Citra hops. It's it's an awful name. Um, but they they did a fun play on that one for Valentine's Day. I forget which um, what they changed up about it. Um, but that one went quickly. Nice. Uh, yeah, the IPs there are very fresh, very nice. So you know, de- definitely check out Oliver Brewing Company because uh, they got some good stuff. But let us know in the comments below what you guys got. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys went. Like Chris, you know, maybe he, you just went for something that has strawberries, cherries, or that red color. Yeah. Um, or if you went for the for the deeper um, sensual thing, apparently. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> Poor I'm word choice. I'm getting and you're the sensual. Criticized over here for mine. I'm trying to I'm trying criticized. to build up my, my my beard descriptors here. I don't know. If sensual give me a chance. Beard. Give me a chance. You know what? Yeah, I'm not even gonna knock on yours because mine don't make sense most of the time. <laughs> mouthfeel, mouthfeel, mouthfeel. No. <laughs> well, okay. Before we get into uh, the topic of today's episode uh, or the main topic of today's episode, mm-hmm. you mentioned Super Bowl party, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago mm-hmm. about the ad campaign that ran a few years back. Yeah. Um, kind of with the Bud Light night, 
mm-hmm. and the kind of back and forth advertising campaigns with uh, Miller Coors and, and uh, Anheuser-Busch. So if you watch the Super Bowl, you notice there wasn't a ton of beer commercials this year. Right, during the actual game. I think I saw, the, I did see the Bud Knight like once or twice, but it was mm-hmm. like during a Tide commercial or something. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and it just felt different. It didn't feel like there was much as much of a push right this year um mm-hmm. but there was one ad that anheuser-busch put out that i wanted to bring up right which actually was aired before the super bowl i think it was like during probably the pregame or something mm-hmm. like that or right before the actual kickoff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was interesting because it was big beer and to give you an overview of 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 the episode it essentially was um anheuser-busch trying to get you to think that their beer was not typical. It basically showed of a bunch of Americans doing very like heartwarming things with like average descriptors. So the narration behind it was kind of like, Oh, look at that, you know, American, like basically being so competitive. And it was like an athlete, you know, who had just like com- you know, completed some, I don't know, some run or I, f- I forget exactly what it was, but mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. amazing to me that they went with that angle because it's very different from what they've been doing in the past. Oh, very different. They, ba- they yeah. went, they basically went and it's, I think kind of think it's, it's a craft beer, uh, uh, not attack, but strategy because they're trying to say, yeah, we're, we're big beer and we're like rooted in the American culture as far as, you know, what people drink here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like we're not typical. I think it's a bold statement to say that their beer is not typical because sure. I think it's exactly what everybody would think of yeah. their beer if you just asked them on the street. Mm-hmm. Do you have a thought on that? Well, well, I, I like your interpretation of the commercial. I think I see it slightly differently. Okay. So I see it as them trying to reconnect themselves to the the working middle class and also the um, like just to to re-establish themselves as being the American beer. Okay. Like this is the, the yeah, beer yeah. that Americans that's what drink. Always been, yeah. That's why they always they, if you if you listen to the commercial they always they yes use the word typical but they also just say the word American 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 over and over mm-hmm. in your head you're mm-hmm. like yeah this is the American beer, but I think so the reason I'm saying that they're trying to pander towards the the working everyday um, uh, middle class person I think is because um, or working class person is because you're trying to say like this is you know this is like the everyday typical American beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet it's it's also just like it's it's somehow not you know you can yeah. say something special about it like you're saying totally um uh but very very interesting commercial again like you said not an angle that we've seen with them for a long time they've always mm-hmm. i've always thought of them as you know having some kind of backbone of being the american beer but the last couple of years they've been focusing more on um just kind of shoving out other bigger bigger beer co- competitors like Coors and stuff like stuff like that with the Bud Knight campaign this is a different angle. It seemed to go and back to like focusing on them, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like the competitor, mm-hmm. which is more traditional beer advertising strategy. Yeah, so, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, anyways, that was uh, pretty interesting to us. Let us know what you thought if you saw those commercials. We'll link to mm-hmm. the one that we talked about yeah. um, in the description below, so you can check it out. It's mm-hmm. a nice commercial. I mean, it's, it is. It was a good commercial. I thought it oh, just yeah. kind of was a different angle, and I don't know, might signal some future um, changes in how they're kind of marketing the product. Mm-hmm. But and I'd love to see like the. Um, what people were drinking this year too, in terms of yeah. what they were drinking at their Super Bowl party, or if they went out to the bar to watch the game, mm-hmm. what the what the beer or beer or drink in general of choice. Did was. you drink beer? Uh, yeah, did you drink beer in the Super Bowl? Um, Seltzer, perhaps. Seltz. That you know, I, I bet there was a spike in that, which is I. Uh, it was good for you know some beer places like you know 
uh, Bud Light to come out with their mm-hmm. seltzers before the Super Bowl because I bet a bunch of people did. I bet a bunch of people did. That's actually um, a good thought. I didn't think about that. That might have been part of the strategy. Mm-hmm. Like make sure they, we get before. these out before the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because people are going to be drinking them. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, let's get into our topic of today, cooking with beer. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said, I was inspired by Andrew Ray on Binging with Babish, but um, he usually inspires me to make some fun little uh, uh, dishes at home. And for Valentine's Day, I actually hosted my roommate's and their uh, and their uh, girlfriends or fiancés mm-hmm. and created a three-course menu, one of which uh, courses was asabuco. Oh, inter- which okay. Interesting. You made his asabuco I made his asabuco. So what's really funny is that th- that asabuco is, is the reason he created that was because he was inspired by uh, the uh, dinner party episode from The Office. Right. Which was horrible. Yeah. It was probably the most... Um, Cringeworthy. ...episode on the that show. That and Scott's Tots. And Scott's Tots. I mean, but... <laughs> That's on a different level. <laughs> um, no, but so I, I developed this venue and my, my friends were all like messaging me like, oh, this is just because of the dinner party. So this is going to be like really awful. <laughs> like the night was, first of all, the night was fantastic. It was oh, a great, great time. Great, great. Um, the first course was, well, we'll get through the whole menu, but let me just talk a little bit about the alsabuco. If you've never had it before, it's a veal shank. Oh, wow. That's braised. So that, that means it's um, first cooked on a skillet to get the nice char on the outside. And then we're going to put it in this um, this kind of like sauce, which is onion, celery, carrots, uh, and reduced in what I use was white wine, a dry mm-hmm. white wine. And then it, it sits in a, in a Dutch oven for three hours. Yeah. And it, it just pulls off the bone. Yeah, it gets um, real tender. It gets real tender. And because it's a veal shank on the bones, uh, you have that marrow right there in the, in, mm-hmm. the, in the middle. That's like your mini dessert right after your dinner. Um, but... Uh, the entire menu, if you guys are interested in it, I'll let you guys know about it below mm-hmm. um, because it was fantastic. I do, I do say so myself. Yeah, you can all go try it yourselves. Um, yeah, yeah, Mike's yeah. Valentine's Day meal. Yeah. But you mentioned, obviously, you cook with wine a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And that's probably what people are more comfortable Used doing. To, yeah. I mean, when you hear cooking with beer, I think you think of things like beer can chicken or beer cheese. Or, it, oh, that's what I never thought about the beer cheese. Yeah, beer cheese yeah. is something that mm-hmm. I, I, we've done that before as well. It's yeah. or maybe at a marinade or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, what, what would you say is the big difference? Um, well, so like you said, a lot of people, when they say they're cooking with alcohol, they're usually cooking with a wine, like a mm-hmm. sherry, something like that. So it's dry and um, just there to like kind of elevate the, the, the dish you're using, usually with the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't think that you can do that with beer. You know, it's lesser alcoholic content. Um, it's more of a powerful flavor and aroma in terms of what you use in a wine because usually you're using a dry white or even a red sometimes, mm-hmm. which... which are easily masked or by the meat because they're just more enhanced. But beer has its own um, flavors that yeah, come with it. Yeah, there's intricacies that oftentimes um, could probably ruin a dish. So yeah. the thing about beer versus wine is that when you're cooking with a beer, beer is have beer has a lot more to bring with it, but it also has a lot more like sugar mm-hmm. um, that could cre- and and hot bitterness. Mm-hmm. So that can create using the exact same ratios beer to wine, you're going to create something a little bit more bitter because of the mm-hmm. amount of hops you're bringing with it. Um, and it can, it can also, I think, alter, depending on how you're cooking, it can alter the, um, the process of when the meat, I'm assuming you're using meat, uh, starts to brown and caramelize. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful with that. So I did my, uh, also book with wine, but I had a friend who you've all heard of, of already, Daniel Hernandez. I had him cook uh, roast as well, oh, nice. which was very similar to the asabuco, still using the same vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and he cooked his with a smoked porter. 
very yeah. nice. Yeah, so it, this smoked porter was, um, it's called uh, To a Locomotive in Winter. It's by Bell's Brewing mm-hmm. in Michigan. And you crack open that bottle, you put your nose up to it, it smells like a fire. It just smells oh, that's the best. like the pea. And it was funny. That's what talk- I love about a good scotch that mm-hmm. just can't fire mm-hmm. right in your mm-hmm. mouth. And it was funny. It was like, he was like, oh, I got it on the nose and then I put it in my mouth and I couldn't really get it. And I was like, you've been having too much peed stuff because it's there. <laughs> um, I had it on its own afterward. Uh, or actually, I had it on its own before while I was microwaving the leftovers. <laughs> and then um, I had it during the meal and it just brought back the flavors in the meat. So, but, so what you're doing when you're cooking with alcohol is uh, you're playing with two very important um, factors. You're playing mm-hmm. with the uh, high, uh, the easy evaporative uh, qualities of alcohol because it evaporates and dissolves a lot quicker, um, which is going to bring out a lot of the aromas, a lot of the flavors right to your nose. And a lot of uh, tasting is going to be through the olfactory sensors. So mm-hmm. um, there's that. And then also um, alcohol is kind of like a vehicle for um, the fat and water-soluble elements in the, in the meat or in the marinade you're using it for. Um, so it's actually going to transfer a lot of the stuff that's surrounding the main dish, the main course, the meat. Um, it's going to incorporate a lot of that, like maybe it's garlic, maybe it's onion. Mm-hmm. It's going to incorporate right, that right into the the flesh, which is really nice. So it enhances everything else. Even just a small amount is going to bring that out because it just lets. It's again, it's like a vehicle to just get it right in there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I cook with wine, it's amazing to me. And I've tried substituting before. I didn't mm-hmm. have any, and I was like, well, uh, what what can I use to basically do the same thing a wine would do to like a sauce or something mm-hmm. like it just you know i've tried acidity with like lemon juice or mm-hmm. even like you know beef or chicken stock um vinegar you know because that has some similar things but it just doesn't do it the same way that like an alcohol can right do it's just mm-hmm. there's something about it it's yeah. just incredible yeah well yeah because there's a science behind it it's interesting yeah. very interesting so i was doing a little bit more research because i like like you know a lot of people cook with beer um so i was doing some research about beer and People are having a lot of fun cooking with beers. And it's not just, um, you know, using these dark beers for roasts or something like that. Because mm-hmm. that's what you would, that's what, you know, uh, Dan used, the porter. But I've heard of people doing like a wheat beer for um, for chicken or uh, like an IPA with fish. That one sounds a little interesting to me. It but does. Like, yeah. And it's, you know, you, you again, you're, you're riffing off the qualities in the beer and also the qualities in your, in your, um, in your main dish and what's enhancing it in terms of spice and other things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to develop that menu and, uh, a lot of fun to taste it afterwards. So, Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you guys had any special Valentine's day, um, meals that involved beer, I want to know about those as well. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you cooked, if you went out, whatever that was, even if it was just a, a beer pairing that you like to have on Valentine's Day. Yes. Because that's part of cooking with beer as well. I mean, obviously, you're not using it in the dish, but, you know, the like Mike mentioned, the various elements of his dish paired well with certain beers as well. And I mm-hmm. think that can be kind of all wrapped up in this discussion about cooking with beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so let us know what you guys did for Valentine's Day. Obviously, let us know what you had for your... Uh, Valentine's Day beer. Oh, yeah. And then if you have any tips to cook on beer, maybe you have a recipe that your family's been like passed down for like 100 years or something <laughs> and yeah. it involves beer. Like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. We'll, we'll cook it and we'll eat it right here. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. On the show. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so also I wanted to uh, plug a new segment on uh, on the Instagram page. Yeah. Um, the, n- <laughs> the name is, is still in the works, but it's it's basically we want you guys to, now that you have a little experience in how a Cicerone would address a beer, would uh, evaluate a beer. 
um, to do your own live tasting mm -hmm. and to, you know, fresh open a can and experience it live on camera. Send it to us and you might get uh, on the page um, and start using your beer vocabulary. Start using some new words and, and realize like it's not easy. But it's it's a lot of fun to really have to use words, use descriptors mm -hmm. to describe your experience because it you realize there's a lot going on, there's a lot of nuances that you just can't describe until you start just practicing. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. totally. Like Mike mentioned, just to kind of you know echo that, like we can only say so much, you know, and it's most of what you guys have to say that is actually kind of bringing new you know, points of view to, to our perspective. And so yeah, like, sure. yeah, send them away and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll repost them and obviously learn something from them as well. All right. With that, Mike, let's go to the challenge for this week. What do you have on the table? Yeah, sure. So I've alluded to this before, but we're coming up to the last kind of week where we can start homebrewing for a specific Irish holiday. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I think you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is upon us, ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen. And um, if you're a home brewer, or if you know a home brewer, I want you guys to start thinking about maybe preparing your own mm -hmm. uh, uh, beer for that day. Um, uh, you know, if if you never home brew before, it's a really easy hobby to get into, and it's a lot of fun. And um, it's kind of good for you because you save some money making the beer that you're going to be drinking anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and you can become a little bit more knowledgeable and particular about the beer you're drinking, which mm -hmm. is nice. Um, so right around this time is, uh, where we're we at four or so weeks before, uh, Patrick's yeah, a little, yeah, three? roughly, roughly. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you, if you brew this week and you naturally carb, you'll just make it in time. I think, mm -hmm. um, if you do forced carbonation, which is using CO2 to carbonate your beer, you actually have a couple more weeks ahead of you before you have mm -hmm. to. Um, but let us know if you're a home brewer, what your recipe, uh, would be for this week or, uh, for St. Patrick's day. Uh, if you went for the Irish dry stout or if you went for the uh, Irish red mm -hmm. or something even completely different than that, um, let us know what your recipes are. Or if you want to keep those notes to yourself, you know, copyright those uh, those recipes, that's fine. But just let us know good the point, style. Good point. Yeah. Don't tell him because he'll yeah. totally take it. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I might try to make it if it's good. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, let us know. And if you're not a home brewer, I think you guys got the week off um, unless mm. you want to give them a, a challenge. Well, I was going to say maybe just – you know, go get a St. Patrick's Day beer. Find an Irish beer you haven't had before. There's a lot out there. Mm -hmm. um, one that we had up at the Guinness Brewery in Baltimore, which I think is only specific to that brewery because you can only get it in Ireland typically. I think it's called Kilkenny. I'm like not the, entirely the sure. Or the well, the city? beer the beer is called Kilkenny. Oh, okay. Um, I think, and if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. I'll link to it down mm -hmm. below. You can go check it out. But yeah. there's so many great Irish beers out there. Smithix. Yeah. I mean, it's not just Guinness. My so, first like, I beer was an Irish beer. It was the um, the Killian's Red. Killian's, yeah. Killian's mm -hmm. Red Ale's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So definitely go. go do that. Maybe that's what, that's what I would say. Okay. For people like me who don't homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, on that note, guys, please let us know your thoughts on this episode um, about the challenges of last week. And obviously, this upcoming week, you can drop a comment below. Please hit that subscribe button for future episodes. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And as always, email us at don'tstoprelieving at gmail.com. And we will see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.